With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Welcome to The Point After on WDVE Pittsburgh. Brought to you by Parks Casino. The entire Steelers radio broadcast team is here to break down the last game. Here's your host, Missy Matthews. You know, I think the offensive line, those guys were, were you know, the surge off the ball was great. And, and Naj and, and Jay were setting the setting the blocks up. We hit some jets, kind of getting them running, you know, horizontally. And then, you know, the basket put their foot in the ground and, and get vertical. So uh, I think Coach Canada, you know, called a great game and had us kind of doing different things and um, kind of kept them on their toes a little bit. That was Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett, the first rookie in NFL history to leave, lead a game-winning drive and touchdown in the final minutes in back-to-back weeks. Hi, everybody. I'm Missy Matthews, and welcome to The Point After with Bill Hillgrove, Craig Wolfley, and Max Starks. Our first segment tonight is brought to you by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. The Steelers getting the 16-13 win over the Ravens. And, Billy, it was a good Sunday because two things that needed to happen prior to the Sunday night matchup happened. And here we go to Week 18, which is a 1 o'clock kick at Acrisure Stadium against the Cleveland Browns. I think they took care of business. They had to do what they could control, which is certainly take care of the Ravens. Uh, What pleased me was the fact that they completely reversed Uh, the uh, stats and the outcome and the nature of the previous game on December 11th. And I think that was the key. And uh, Missy, you talked to uh, TJ Watt after the game uh, live on the field, and uh, he brought up something that we had also mentioned in the broadcast that uh, they padded up, they boarded up on Friday, Mm -hmm. uh, which kind of set a tone for the game. And I think it carried into M&T Bank Stadium. We did that for 12 years. <laughs> How well, did I know you were going to say that? That was then and this is now. I, I'm <laughs> the cranky just, old man. Well, There's just rules. Because you, just because you walk 12 miles uphill both ways to and from school doesn't mean that we have to do it. <laughs> tell us life Tell us life and what it was like before golf carts. Yeah. St. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Oh, my goodness. We didn't have any of those Gatorade popsicles at training camp, I guarantee you. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. Just because technology got better does not mean it should it should be absconded. Okay? Are you trying to point out that I'm old? <laughs> Just simply trying to say that you are seasoned and very well versed in your experiences. <laughs> well, you are a diplomat, Matt. Max. I say Matt. Diplomax. As you can tell, everyone's tired. Oh boy. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> But it's a victory Monday, guys, so yes. it's okay. We'll push through. And, Max, we don't even know where you're at right now, but uh, we, we yeah, know that you'll make it to Pittsburgh for Sunday, right? 
He's between exactly. Timbuktu I, and Panama. I, I just I just have a headset that's just drilled drilled and attached to my head by now. <laughs> I just I have not stopped calling games. <laughs> Even in your sleep. Even in my sleep, I'm calling games. I'm calling oh. my dreams. <laughs> Max, what stood out to you yesterday in terms of the physicality and the win and, you know, what the whole team was able to do? You know, I I think one of the things that really stood out was the physicality of the offensive line, right? I think, you know, the way they were able to establish the run, the way that they went forward, um, and also, you know, Matt Canada not shying away from calling the run plays like he was earlier this year. And when he would get into moments where he's like, no, 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 we're going to do it this way. And they just, they stuck with it. And I thought that was one of the things that really gave this offensive line a lot of, you know, confidence. And confidence is built throughout the course of the game as you call their number, third and fourth and shorts, quarterback dives and sneaks. Like all of those things play a role in helping your offensive line go out there and, and fight, right? You get more physical as the game goes on, as you wear on guys, and I thought that was something that I, I enjoyed seeing how it carried over since that last Baltimore game, right? It traveled from Carolina <laughs> to the Vegas game, and now it traveled to M&T Bank Stadium where we needed to travel back to Akershire one more time. And I thought that's something that when you think about hanging your hat on something, the way Jalen Warren and Najee were able to run and their physicality at the point back they were getting hit in the back, they were making contact at or beyond the line of scrimmage that was something that I was really excited to see, and it, it, it invigorated me. I mean, you talked to me a couple times. I would jump out, you know, when I see a big play get ripped off, and that was just something that we've been waiting for. And you always wondered when it was going to happen, and then to see it happen in fruition was a really cool thing that I was happy we got to see live. Wolf, what did you take away? Oh, you know what? I love the explosive plays. The chunk plays are back. I mean, the Steelers went to that game last night. They were last in the NFL with 15-yard-plus chunk plays. So then you got Najee with a nice 15-yard run. You got Pickens with that monster 15-yard catch. You had Muth with that 20-yarder that he scooped off the top of his shoes. Then you got Deontay made with that 21-yarder. And then you got – think uh, this is what I love. You got uh, Steve Sims with a, hey, oh, yeah, that's good. Here, hold my beer. Watch this. A 28-yarder <laughs> down the field, and it was beautiful. And then you got Jalen Warren with the jet sweep where he got the gunner. Gunner Oshutsky, he he gets a trifecta of Ravens with one block. It was a pinball effect. It was like picking up a, a split in bowling. Man, he got three for the price of one. So I love that. That was just great. Well, and I think, too, you know, you mentioned all those names, Pat Fryermuth, especially in that final drive uh, leading to Najee's touchdown, Billy. It, it was, you know, all hands on deck, and Kenny Pickett didn't have a problem spreading it around at all. Um, and I just felt like, you know, it, it was, as Coach said, two young guys and Kenny Pickett and Najee Harris who are fiercely competitive, very hungry, want to be the reason why they do good, and they sure as heck proved it. I think that catch by Sims, as good as it was, and he made a really great play, I think the throw was better. The throw was into a tighter window that you won't see. And uh, Kenny was just cool with that stuff, and he delivered when it was time to deliver. And, uh, you know, we're watching uh, him progress into uh, a really nice rookie quarterback. And uh, I pointed those stats out yesterday on the airplane when we were flying back uh, on a very happy charter. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody came up with this while trailing by one score in the fourth quarter in this season, 
Patrick Mahomes is number one in pass efficiency rating at 95.1. Kenny Pickett's number two at 93.7. And Joe Burrow's number three at 92.9. The stage is not too big for Kenny Pickett. Mm -mm. That's for sure. And Jerry Dulac tweeted out something that was pretty cool. A three-game winning, uh, he's got three-game winning fourth quarter drives against the Colts, Raiders, and Ravens. His total combined stats are 17 of 21, a buck 74, two TDs, no INTs, and a quarterback rating of 132. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, I just I just need him to not have a flair for the dramatic week after week. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would be really nice to have like a two-score cushion with like two minutes left in the fourth, you know? Run the ball, victory that. formation. That's what you're looking yeah. for. Just kneel it out, you know. <laughs> I mean, there's always that. Yes, out. but no. But I, I mean, I appreciate that because I think when you're talking about gaining grit and resiliency and experience, um, th- th- those are just tremendous. I mean, you can't ask for anything better than that from from Kenny to have these experiences in his belt as he's moving forward. So I, I really. I really like that aspect of it. And I'm glad he's building that determination and that 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 stick to itness, so to speak. I, I think also not that this maybe isn't completely obvious, but the Steelers have now stacked three straight wins and have gone six and two since the bye week. I know week after week we talk about you know the changes and maybe for the better that has happened, but Billy, it just feels like this team is peaking at the right time. And of course, you know they have to win on Sunday. Other things have to happen, but this is typically what you would like to see if you are able to make the postseason. Yes, and this team has won eight games. And uh, I think those folks out in Lost Wages, Nevada, said before the season that the over and under on their season was seven and a half. So in that regard, they've already overachieved. But I think more importantly, from a two and six mark and a lot of elevator music or noise, as uh, Mike Tomlin refers to it, uh, they, they ignored it and got better. And, uh, you know, it's just it's so much fun to see uh, – Two second-year guys in Najee and Fryermuth, two rookies in Pickett and Pickens, and to see that offensive line just get better in front of your eyes, it has been rewarding. Max, I don't want to take away from anything the Steelers' offense was able to do yesterday, especially in terms of the run game. You know, the Ravens have not had a 100-yard rusher go against them yet this year until Najee Harris came to town yesterday. Um, But there was no Calais Campbell. There was no Marcus Peters who was there, and they were impact players in the first meeting. So did that change things, or was just the way the Steelers were able to scheme things up and execute better? I think think the Steelers were able to scheme things up. I I don't think the mindset and the way that they attacked this game, it would have changed much in their approach. I think the double teams were solid. So whether it was Matabike or Calais Campbell or Nichols or Broderick Washington, they all would have gotten the business um, by the way that that offensive line was coming off the ball and firing off the ball. And then for Marcus Peters, I mean, yeah, maybe one or two catches might have been defensed a little differently, but might have opened the door for somebody else to have a big play. So I don't know if those two being missing would have been such a drastic difference, but at the same time, you're appreciative when they are. I mean, just like I said, we haven't seen Lamar Jackson in two games. I'm sure they would want to say, oh, it'd be a different story if Lamar wasn't here. Right. But at the end of the day, we're 3-1 and one against him in the last two years. 
Um, what that and 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 it, and the one win was not because of Lamar Jackson. He's always struggled against us. So I mean, everybody's going to battle adversity at some point in the year, and it just so happens that we we, we came out triumphant because we dealt with all of our adversity in the first half of the season. Uh, Najee Harris's 111 yards on the ground are the most by an opposing running back versus Baltimore since 2020. Derrick Henry of Tennessee did that to them. And then in terms of the most by a Steelers running back against the Ravens, 2017, you have to go all the way back to Elbel. Um, but in terms of Najee Wolf, uh, his first 100-yard rushing game of the season, fourth of his career, is it fair to say this was his best game or where do you rank it in terms of how productive he was? He was just superbly productive. I mean, that's as good as I've seen this horse run. I mean, he, you talk about a guy really encapsulating the beast mode and mm-hmm. turning that thing on. I mean, it was not like he was just running away from people. He stiff-armed guys left and right. He was battling. I love when he throws guys down. I mean, that's just <laughs> – I mean, that, that that gets your offensive line fired up. When you see a guy competing so hard, he puts a stiff arm out there and then bench presses a guy into the ground – and then runs over somebody else, and you got people hanging on to him. It encourages the rest of you to get involved, get downfield, sheriff the pile, watch over your guy, make sure he's cool, and make sure that he's protected. You get him up, and then you go back and you wash, rinse, and repeat. You know, and I mean, that's what I saw last night. I saw guys that, boy, you talk about that inner triangle of, of Kevin Dotson and Mason Cole and and uh, 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 James Daniels, and then, of course, you got Chooks and you got uh, Danny Moore and that fivesome, just what a nice job. When they stretched the outside zone, they stretched it. When they when they moved guys off on inside zones or gap blocks, I mean they did the job. It was it was fun to watch because they were very skilled, very determined, and went after it. And it's just the culmination of what Max and I we've been watching, talking about a Max all through, and with you, Missy, talking about and Billy. You know the fact is this line is getting better, and they've gotten better, and. You know, the back makes the line, and the line makes the back. That's the way it works. A symbiotic relationship, and one begets the other, right? And one feeds off of the other. You've got to feed the beast if you want the beast to beast. Right. And that's what you saw. I mean, I felt like it started really, you know, I would say, you know, Najee, before this game, I would say that Atlanta game was probably the best game I've seen Najee run as far as sure, physical, and wanting more, he just didn't get enough. He just didn't get enough touches. But this game, he got the right amount of touches, and and, and the payoff was there. Billy, also, you know, we have to when you talk about the run game, discuss Jalen Warren. Uh, also, you know, an undrafted rookie, a young guy on this offense who has really come alive uh, throughout. And yesterday was another one of those days, especially on that jet sweep. He brings his own form of energy. Hmm. It's that quickness. It's that. Okay, I'm going up. I'm going upfield, uh, and and you know that's totally different from Najee, and as it should be, he's a different style runner. But uh, I think what he does when he comes into the game, he kind of gives that O line some energy too, because you know this guy, uh, he's got some breakaway capability. Not only that, he's shown it as a pass receiver, but for him to average six point three yards a carry like he did uh, last night was absolutely uh, key to the victory. You know, it's a good thing he's not 6'3", because the fact is, <laughs> this is one of the things he does so well is he plays peekaboo with those linebackers. You know, he sees that little glimmer of daylight, and he makes that break and cut like you were talking about, Billy. And you got to enjoy it. you got to love it, because he presents a different uh, obstacle to um, Najee Harris. 
And what where Najee, you know, you got a good look at him. He's a big guy and everything like that. You can see him. With, with Jalen, sometimes they lose track of that dude. And he all of a sudden is on to the second-level guys before they even know he's there. All right. Well, we have much more to talk about. The Steelers now sitting at 8-8 eight and eight as we head into Week 8 at home, closing it out the regular season with the Browns. We'll discuss much more about the playoffs and their performance yesterday when we return. You're listening to WDVE. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back to the point after. Brought to you by Parks Casino on DVE. Now there's a shotgun snap, play action, big, big rush, and TJ Watt sacks him. And that's a big sack for the young man from Wisconsin. 77 career sacks for TJ Watt, his fifth of this year. And that ties Jason Gilden on the all-time Steelers list for number two. And coming at the appropriate time in the third quarter, the Steelers winning 16-13 to over the Ravens. Welcome back to The Point After, everybody. I'm Missy Matthews with Bill Hillgrove, Craig Wolfley, and Max Starks. And this segment is brought to you by the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank and Don's Appliance. For every field goal we kick this season, Don's Appliance will donate $1,000 to the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. That's 5,000 meals each time. Thank you to Don's Appliance. And you can also donate, too, by texting GOALS to five zero one five five and Billy we talked a lot about Kenny Pickett and the Steelers offense rightfully so but we have to give the Steelers defense some love for uh really clamoring down in the second half and providing the offense with opportunities to get points I think it was a good game plan um I love the fact that uh, Mark Robinson got probably more snaps than he had in his entire rookie season prior uh and and I also noticed that uh conspicuous by his absence was number 55. I don't know if that was in the game plan or I don't know what's going on there, but I can say this, that the 11 people on the field defensively did a pretty darn good job. I think they made Huntley even more uh, one-dimensional than he tends to be. Uh, Of the 20 targets, 15 were to tight ends. And I think if you can do that, even though Andrews is a great tight end, uh, and likely is a you know pretty good receiver. Uh, if you can take their wideouts out of the game, uh, I think you can you know you can control what they do. Okay, uh, you know Dobbins and company average what four point three as a group uh, rushing the football, uh, but you know that's fine because the pass did not really hurt the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, also, um, interestingly, uh, Desmond Robinson. Did I say Desmond? Uh, Mr. Robinson uh, was the target on Minka's interception that sealed the deal. 
Uh, Billy, to give some stats to back up what you were saying about Mark Andrews, just yesterday um, he was targeted nine he nine times. He might made nine catches for 100 yards. Everyone else, when they were targeted, five for 11, 30 yards. So to go to your point of what they were able to do, but Wolf also, the the fact that after giving up 215 yards on the ground at home, the Steelers' defense, uh, be damned, was not going to let that happen again. Exactly so, Missy. I mean, that was great fun. That was The trenches were a blood sport yesterday. I mean, they brought in, <laughs> you've got a 6-2 configuration with two linebackers and you got two end guys with Watt and Highsmith, and you put in four defensive guys led by Captain Cam. A great googly moogly. I mean, you just turn the tape on and just watch the brawling. You know, Billy, it's like one of them pure six things you're talking about all the time, Billy. You know, guys, you know, just flailing about. It was just a lot of fun to watch. It was a hard-fought game. And those types of games, they're just – when you come out of a win in something like that, I don't know, it just um, – it tunes you up for whatever is next because it's a hardening process. Each game is, is kind of one of those things that uh, kind of – gets you ready for something greater down the road. And uh, for Kenny Pickett, that's just another opportunity to keep growing as a quarterback for this defense, to keep shutting down running games. I mean, um, again, Robert Splain did a great job, and we're starting to see more and more, I think, of T.J. Watt being the reigning defensive player of the year. Well, and I think also it's, you know, it it was that intent that they learned from their mistake, right? If you're going to put – if you're going to put Patrick McCarry or you're going to put Patrick Ricard um, in there, we need we, we need to have an answer. And if it does have to look like a gold line front, then we'll bring the extra guy in. We'll bring the heavy, right? We'll bring Alawalu. We'll bring we'll bring in Isaiah Loudermilk. We'll bring in Demarvin Leal, and we'll 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 go with a four four front essentially with with the two outside backers walked up, and we will match your strength with strength because we feel we can cover. Mark Andrews with Terrell Edmonds or Aminka, right, to uh, <clears throat> to combat that. And we'll take having him in front of us versus a guy getting over the top on us. Uh, we're mentioning a lot of rookies here with Mark Robinson, DeMarvin Leal as well. Uh, looking at the snap count this morning, if you look at all the rookies, DeMarvin Leal played 52%, Mark Robinson 50%. And, Billy, you were right. He only had seven snaps on defense heading into yesterday's game. Wow. Jalen Warren 40%, Kenny Pickett 100%, obviously. George Pickens 73 Connor Hayward 17 Talk about a rookie class um, and just being able to jump in and help out as much as you can in your first season. This is exactly what you want to see. These young people are coming to the for- forefront and taking their proper alignment of uh, snaps and so forth and becoming the productive citizens that you want. You know, you can <laughs> only pay rent on the special teams for so long before more is demanded of you, and especially those who are, are superbly gifted. And You know, to see, a, especially a guy like Mark Robinson, who really was – after training camp, you didn't hear much of him at all. And then to see him gradually start to spark here and there and in different, you know, practices and so forth. And then, like you said, seven snaps, I think you said. That's prior. He, yeah, yeah, prior. I mean, that's ridiculous. And then here he comes at 50%. And what a job. And he really you know, stood out as somebody. You're sitting there going, okay, I, I like what I see so far. I want to see more. We got to, you know, see more, especially in this situation where there's also the opportunity for pass coverage things and that. But he really, I thought, acquitted himself very, very well. And what I liked was this rookie class uh, performed 
in probably the most hostile environment that the Steelers have faced all year. You could tell when we walked into that stadium last night, that crowd was ready to feast. They, you know, they, they were smelling the blood in the water and, you know, it didn't happen. And, um, because young people played very well and basically blocked the crowd out. And another thing, and I'm, I'm going to get this off my shoulder. I know uh, where you're going. Well, that light show. <laughs> yeah. Come on. You know, I mean, okay, uh, it's one thing to have people hold up their cell phones or their wristbands and, and do all that, you know, fancy technical stuff. That's wonderful. But when you start dimming those stadium lights with uh, people on the field, I think they're endangered. And I think the league has to step in and say there's a limit to what you can do with these new LED stadium lights. For a second, I thought we were at a Pink Floyd co- concert, you know? <laughs> I, wow. Oh, weren't we? <laughs> By the hey, way, well, uh, did, which, did, which you uh, have and, to admit, it, it's one of the, like, best environments, uh, you know, oh, when yeah. you're a home team. Like, I mean, they spare no expense. I mean, Missy and I talked about that. I mean, you know, because I'm on the Fiesta Bowl committee and I know we ended up looking at doing something like that and was able to do it, it was, I mean, the amount of money that they put back into the stadium versus what, you know, you see, I was like, it, it was it was phenomenal. But you're right. I mean, it does cause a strobing effect. So those that might have issues with that. And, of course, if your team is down and still can't score and they have to consistently do it, um, you know, it gets a bit repetitive. But, I mean, from the first time they did it with the intros and stuff, like I appreciated it from that perspective, knowing what goes into that production value. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, you do want to cap a limit on it. Okay, only only, only three blackouts per game, like engineer blackouts. <laughs> Obviously, what and we none went through in San fourth... Francisco and Super Bowl is a different story. <laughs> no, well, no blackouts in the fourth quarter or overtime. Yeah. Well, yes. I, I agree with Max. I like it during the intros. Uh, you hate to say it, but the Ravens just have an awesome atmosphere that they create at that stadium with their fans. We know how much they hate Pittsburgh, whether it's the players, the coaches, uh, fans, whatever. And it, it's kind of like how the Steelers have that home field advantage in terms of primetime. Baltimore's 8-1 under uh, Coach Harbaugh on Sunday Night Football at home. And, you know, I know Max gave the fun fact yesterday that Heading into that game, the Ravens were 14-1 and at home versus a rookie quarterback um, under Coach Harbaugh. So it, it's not an easy place to play, but it was bizarre, Billy, as you pointed out, that it felt like every time the Steelers' offense was about to take the field, that's when they dipped the lights um, and, you know, heading into TV timeouts and whatnot. But they are there are rules in terms of music. You have to shut it off before a certain point in between plays and snaps and whatnot. So it'll be interesting to see, but... Uh, it didn't work. It didn't psych out the Steelers. I didn't get to do the post-game interviews, but you certainly did, Messi. Uh, was there much talk about the penalty on Cam Hayward? I mean, Cam was obviously asked about it. Uh, Minka was also asked about him and Cam, you know, having having a chit-chat on the sideline. Um, but I don't know about you, Max, when I was watching the team walk out of the locker room at halftime, you could tell whatever happened prior to that did not matter, and those two guys were ready to go and back on the same page of being leaders of the defense and the team. Yeah, no, they, they, they were locked in. When, when they when they left that locker room to go back and take the field, um, there wasn't any residual. There was, you know, with anything else, heat of the moment in the in, in the clutches of combat, you know, emotions are going to run high, right? I mean, because both guys care a whole heck of a lot. And so, 
you know, by the time they walked all the way to the, to, to the, to the locker room, cause that is a longer walk. Cause you got to take this left tunnel, even though the right tunnel is like right there, <laughs> of course, you know, so you had all that extra time and then all the way back around, whatever it was. I mean, it's just like anything else, right? It's like, why did I yell at you again to your best friend? Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> okay. All right. We're good. We're yeah. good. Just, just yeah, put it on my tab. Right. You know, <laughs> I think it's back. healthy, Max. I think it's yeah. healthy. You think about it. I mean, you got captain cam. All right. Mick is a, you know, another big, big name on that team, but you can call a teammate to accountability. There's not. There's nobody above reproach. But the fact of the matter was, I couldn't believe that they flagged Cam for what was absolutely, in my mind, just ridiculous. Did anybody see Justin Jefferson nearly whack and knock out a referee when he swung his helmet uh, against the Packers when Jair Alexander pushed him out of bounds from behind and he pulled his helmet off and just happened to you know pull up and he hit the back of the referee with his helmet. All right. Now, the yeah. referee said later on that that uh, Cam, there was a touching of the official. Well, if Cam touched the official, all he was doing was coming to balance. He was trying to keep from Ben Powers throwing him with the underhook he had on, on Cam over the pile. And Cam's just trying to be balanced and get, you know, not roll over and, and, and cream anybody. I, I just, I don't know, for the life of me, I think that was just a bogus call. Uh, certainly Cam is not one. He's, you know... He is. He he can be a little bit uh, volatile, but that's the nature of the beast, right? But he's been around to know long enough to know you got to pull back and pull the horns in at, at a certain point in time. I'm sorry, I just disagreed with that that penalty. I thought Cam was just fine. Well, there was a pull report done afterwards with referee Lan Clark and the reporter who did it um, asked, just wanted to ask about the personal foul that was called on Pittsburgh defensive tackle Cam Hayward late in the second quarter. What specifically did you see from him that warranted that call? He said, quote, well, there was some pushing and shoving after the play. Number 97 continued to push after the play. That's why it was called. The follow-up was, well, was it in the pile that you saw that? He said, quote, it was near the pile, yes. So continuing to push each other, he said, correct. Okay, each other. So, excuse me. Not official, right. Yeah, yeah. what's about, excuse me, there's Ben Powers. (laughs) Hello, you know, he's not that hard to miss. He's about 340 pounds. I don't know. Just, yeah, we're getting a little touchy-feely here, I guess. Well, I mean, but, I mean, and also, I mean, this this is where you talk about, like, those gray areas with rules. Um, This is something that I'm sure will certainly be reviewed thoroughly. Um, This will come before the rules, rules committee and looked at uh, with a more fine tooth comb. Because like you said, right, this isn't like this is a normal occurrence. This is a regular deal. Like, think about like Indomitian Sioux, right? You know, (laughs) you know, (laughs) think about Montez Perfect. Yeah. Like those individuals, like where you know they have a history of doing this. A rap sheet. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Cam Cam is not in that same category. So for him to get flagged and. You know, this is a guy who was just literally talking to the refs, like literally the previous play yeah, about it, something. Yeah. And then this happens and it's like the refs almost knee jerk reaction, kind of throw the flag at him. I get and, and it's not like he was trying to put all of his weight on him. But like you said, moving out as he's trying to come to balance. But I mean, at some point as as a as a referee or an official, you have to use better discernment, better judgment. Yeah, and and especially since when the Ravens and the Steelers play, it's a field goal game, mm. and uh, you're awarding them the opportunity to score a touchdown when they otherwise wouldn't have had it. So that was my gripe. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, the good thing is the Steelers were able to come back from that in the second half to get the win. And we're going to talk about that and much more, including what needs to happen on Sunday for the Steelers to punch their ticket to the postseason. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Point After. Back to The Point After, brought to you by Parks Casino on DVE. You know, that's this, that's this game, and particularly at this level. Um, there are going to be challenges. You're going to be up against it. Um, it's not about what happens to you. It's how you respond to it. We're a group that stays solid in spite of circumstance. And um, as long as we keep bringing that stay solid mentality, um, you know, it's in front of us. That was Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin talking about the Steelers playoff hopes staying alive after everything happening yesterday, thanks to two other games and their 16 to 13 win over the Ravens. In case you have not heard the NFL announced late this afternoon, Steelers and Browns at Acrisure Stadium will happen on Sunday, January 8th, a one o'clock game, which uh, got raving cheers from this group of people Um, (laughs) but there will also be billy some other games at one o'clock on the same time uh that the league conveniently set up that would impact the steelers postseason chances that would be the new york jets at miami you would need the jets to win that game that would be number one and then buffalo playing new england in buffalo but you need the bills to win that one and of course uh steelers taking care of their business isn't it interesting how you can flip from one team to the other? Right. Didn't we root against the Jets yesterday, and now we have to root for them? That's right. And also very difficult for me to root for Bill Belichick, but I was rooting for him. <laughs> well, now you get to root against him. Well, that uh, that's more natural. That feels right. comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Look, you know, you got the Jets at Miami. Um, the fact of the matter is I, I think Tua's hurt. He's probably not going to play, but I don't see Robert Sala, uh, that the Jets head coach. I don't see him sitting down. I don't see him. That he does not strike me as a guy that is going to tolerate any less than your best effort. So I, I got a feeling they can go down. They could pull. A, they could pull a, a, a miracle off. But you know, we'll see. We'll just have to see what happens. Also tonight, the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bengals are playing. So, you know, that will go into next week and what happens on Saturday when the Chiefs play the Bills uh, on Sunday, Max, because, you know, there is still a fight in the AFC for that one seed and a number of things can happen. And I think that's why the league waited until the last possible minute to try and set this schedule to have, you know, a good grasp of all the different scenarios that could possibly happen. There were two things at play. Number one, the fairness part, where people don't get, uh, you know, railroaded by the schedule maker because, uh, uh, you know, they're not playing at the same time as somebody uh, that also is after the same goal. You know what I'm saying? But also, uh, you know, I think sets in use and uh, the ratings game that they play, you know, has to factor into their decisions. But I think in this case, uh, they seem to be fair about uh, who is playing when. Our third segment tonight is brought to you by Clearview Federal Credit Union. For every turnover the black and gold create in 2022, Clearview Federal Credit Union will donate $500 to the Light of Life Rescue Mission. Clearview helping people to enjoy a better life. Visit clearviewfcu.org slash touchdown. And, um, Wolf, you know, you can't lay down against the Cleveland Browns. They know they're eliminated, but I saw all over Twitter today, Miles Garrett already saying, hey, we would love to ruin things for them. Oh, there's no question. You know that's what's coming. <laughs> I mean, that 
that was in our hearts and minds back in the day. And, and I know Max would feel the same way. If you're not going to the playoffs, you don't want them going to the playoffs, whoever them was. You know, if you could be a spoiler, oh, let me be a spoiler. Because I'm, I'm not foot, – professional football is not about group, you know, uh, kumbaya. It's about, you know, if we can't go, then eh, I really got the angst where I don't want anybody to be successful and have fun. That's just the nature of the beast. Well, you got you got you got to play spoiler. I mean, that, that's it. that's all it is. That's no, it. I'm I'm am taking my basketball. I didn't get picked in the pickup game in the park. So guess what? Nobody's playing because this well, is they my picked ball. Charles Barkley instead. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two parks over just to make sure you guys don't <laughs> tail me. <laughs> oh, there's no doubt about it. Look, you know, the, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this all folds out. And the best way you can handle this. You focus only on what you do. And uh, I think the bigger story could be, could Stevin, uh, Kevin Stefanski get fired and be like the second or third coach to be fired oh, in no, Pittsburgh? It, it's more than that. Is it really? Oh, yeah. After a final game in Pittsburgh? I might have to look it up. but Where I Where they don't even ride the bus back? I think it's like, <laughs> I, I want to say five. Fired in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah, now that you say that, I'm going to have to really? look up that stat. It, Good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's. It's higher than Please that. Please let me know. <laughs> I'm going to look that one up for the for the game broadcast for sure. Well, that would be great. Text me on it. Yeah. Now, here, here's the big factor for the Steelers, uh, in addition to keeping their playoff hopes alive, nothing bigger than that. But in the backs of the players' mind, uh, the Mike Tomlin streak of non-losing seasons has to be there. Oh, sure. Sure. That's a point Absolutely. of pride. Yeah, that, that, that's the other part of taking my basketball and going home <laughs> is you don't want to be that group when there's reunions yeah. years down the line like, oh, so y'all are the asterisk group. Been hearing a lot about y'all. You mean you like know, Tunch and I? Tunch and I when we led the Steelers into the decade of indifference in the 80s. Oops. Well, hey, Wolf, weren't you on a team that bought luggage for somebody? I believe or was so. That or was that after? I don't know. You know what? I can't remember. That's part of the ramnesia. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you need to be recognified. <laughs> Recognification is important. Absolutely. Well, to go along with the streak of never having a losing season, as you said, Billy, Coach Tomlin in his entire career with the Steelers as head coach has only played in one game that meant nothing, where the Steelers were already eliminated from the postseason, um, and that was in 2012. I have a piece of trivia for you. Oh, let's do it. When was the last time Kenny Pickett was at M&T Bank Stadium? Oh, see, I know that answer. Oh, okay. December of 21. I was going to say, Max. As he received the Golden Arm Award, the Johnny Unitas Award, he posed in front of the statue with Mm -hmm. Johnny's son. And I think... With that performance yesterday on top of the one last week, I think John Unitas would kind of smile at the efforts of Kenny Pickett. I got to meet him one time. I was at a retired players' convention years ago with Tunch, right? And we're hanging out there, and all of a sudden, the elevator door opens, and there's Johnny U. You know, and I'm like, oh, oh, I got to go meet him. He was one of my heroes growing up. I ran over, and before I got there, the last thing Tunch said to me was, don't scare him. <laughs> I came run over and go, Johnny, you. I throw my hand up, and he, like, steps in front of his wife and steps back. <laughs> I come back, and Tunch goes, you scared him, didn't you? <laughs> Poor guy. But he was, he was great. What are you going to do? 
Not scare him, Wolf. That's what you're not going to do. <laughs> I was all excited. Come on, man. He was one of my heroes. Okay. 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 Did you did you have like a notebook? Did you drink an autograph or was it just like you wanted to hug him? Which one was it? It was it was the hug. Yeah. It was just kind of. Okay, okay. yeah. He's a hugger. Yeah, I am. I'm yeah. a hugger. No, his wife turned to him and said, that guy should be on a leash. <laughs> yeah. It's like they let anybody in here. Yeah, exactly. Oh, boy. What are you going to do? So, Max, I assume the Steelers, as they're playing their game on Sunday, will not be scoreboard watching. Is that correct? As much as probably we all will be? You know, because they realize that what precedes all of that, you've got to win first before any of the other stuff needs to happen. So it's win the game and then let everything else fall, fall, fall as it may. So I think that's what you have to be singularly focused on. And I think they'll do a good job of that. And I'm sure coach will keep them engaged in that type of manner. Cause this is a team you also lost to this season. Right. So you want to go avenge that loss. And week three. And finish three and three in the division. Right. And week... I think that's important too. Yeah. And week three feels like it was a hundred years ago. <laughs> that Thursday night game. <laughs> We want to remind everybody about the Steelers Pro Shop. It's where you can gear up with the latest sideline apparel, hats, jerseys of your favorite players, authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can find directly from the team at one of the official Pro Shop stores located at Acrisure Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, Tanger Outlets, or shop online at shop.steelers.com. For Bill Hillgrove, Craig Wolfley, Max Starks, and our producer Tom, thanks so much for joining us here on The Point After. We'll see you next Monday. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.